Hey, this is Kate, and you're tuned into The Wow Factor. Join us as we talk with passionate guests who shed light on all things wellness. Join our conversations and find inspiration to live well, be well, and discover your wealth of wellness. This month, we're focusing on finding calm amongst anxiety and daily life. I was inspired to have Mandy Anderson on the show for all the incredible work that she's doing, helping people to find their way through adversity. Adversity is something that is so prevalent in today's day and age, and I'm excited to share her thoughts and advice on how to better understand and deal with it. So Mandy is an motivational speaker, author, certified life and health coach, and leadership trainer. She's the host of She Who Overcomes podcast. Mandy is part of the Rayma team dedicated to help you elevate your personal leadership skills. Welcome to the show, Mandy. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Well, it's just so fun to talk with you too, because a few months back I was on, on your podcast, which was yes. super, super fun. And I just felt it was a really good dynamic and I've been following what you've been up to and honestly seeing your ounces of positivity in my, my Facebook feed or on my Instagram, it's always seems to come at the right time. So I really wanted to share kind of a little bit about you and what you do with the audience that, that follow me as well. Awesome. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed getting to know you and I so admire your creativity and everything that you do in the health realm. So it's excited to be here. And I used to live in Fargo, like, oh gosh, about nine years ago, we lived in Fargo for just over a decade before we moved to Bismarck. So it's fun to be kind of back in the community when I can be. So thank you. That's awesome. I had no idea you lived here. I was uh, probably living in Minot at the time that you were living in Fargo. So that's really cool. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about, like, I see that you have a, a lot of amazing facets. You're an author, you're, you know, you're a coach, you're doing so many great things. What is, what's really been inspiring to you over the years? Um, what, what got you kind of started down this path? You know, it's kind of funny because growing up, my biggest dream was to be a singer. And if you ask anybody that knew me in high school, um, I grew up in Carrington, North Dakota, and anybody that knew me back then would tell you that Mandy was the singer with cystic fibrosis. So if you don't know what cystic fibrosis is, it is a genetic disease that affects your respiratory and digestive system. And basically it limits your ability to breathe over time. So it's kind of a life-threatening thing. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the fact that I could sing was a, a miracle and kind of a big deal in itself. So mm -hmm. I didn't have a backup plan. I was going to be a singer. That was it. And um, right after college, um, well, I, I actually, I'm a college dropout, just FYI. I went to one semester and I thought, this is not for me. And I took some time off to record my own CD, write my own music. And I did that right in Fargo with a local recording studio and a band that, that I had met. And I took that CD to a singer-songwriter conference in Nashville. Wow. And one of the uh, coaches that I got to have a critique session with was asking about my story. Because, you know, you had to put your little marketing materials together. So in my marketing materials, I said that I have cystic fibrosis. And she started asking me about my story. And she said, 
you should think about being a speaker who sings instead of just a singer because your story is very compelling and people are drawn to it. And that's kind of the moment where I slammed the door shut on my dreams because I, I was terrified of speaking in public. Like I would rather sing than speak. And over the next decade, that kind of just kept eating away at the back of my mind where I would just hear it on, you know, the, at the weirdest moments and I couldn't get away from it. So I slowly started speaking and I was introduced into the coaching industry when I started working with a network marketing company that was in the wellness industry. So that's where I really was introduced to not only health and wellness besides just medicine, but the health and wellness industry as well as the personal growth industry and the professional development industry. And I fell in love with it. I would go to these seminars where I was learning how to build my skills with people skills and sales and marketing and just connecting with people from around the world. And I would get so emotional because I would want to be on that stage helping people in that way. It wasn't so much about being the, the center of attention as it was being able to help people with that massive influence, which at the time was three to 500 people in a room. So that's kind of where it started. And I, I started with health coaching, mm -hmm. I think because I was a little bit afraid of what was really inside of me. So I thought I'm going to just start with health coaching and go there. So I got certified as a health coach in 2013 and my best friend and I started our coaching company in 2014. We started out as Big Blue Couch Coaching, mm -hmm. and we focused primarily on life coaching for women. And through the years, we, we kind of stepped into the leadership and business coaching, kind of the whole personal and professional development realm. Mm -hmm. And we had been working with men that whole time too, if they wanted coaching one-on-one. -on -one. So we decided to rebrand our company from Big Blue Couch Coaching to Rayma Team in 2019, so just about a year ago. And that has, has been where we landed, just helping people grow personally and professionally, starting with their personal leadership. That's amazing. It's like, there's a lot of, um, I feel like a lot of parallels between what you're doing and kind of where I'm at in life too. You know, it's so I really, I find that really fascinating that you're, your dreams, I like hearing how they shifted and changed and pivoted to becoming, and they're not done pivoting, you know, they're, they're mm -hmm. going to shift and change. And like, it's, that's kind of the fun of it though, isn't it? it? It is. In fact, right before we were on this call, um, I was filling out my new start today journal. I, I have been doing that. It's the journal that Rachel Hollis has. So I think this is my third one I've had in almost a year and a half. And it was fascinating to look through that because I was writing down my 10 dreams and I don't keep up with it every day. In mm -hmm. fact, I personally like making it last for a year or more because I feel like you can see more of the growth process that way mm -hmm. and you can see how your dreams start to shift. And I always find myself asking myself when I fill out these, these type of things, do I really care about the dreams I wrote down a year ago? Like, are some of them ones that I don't really want? They were maybe just an idea that I had to jot down 
or are they ones that stick? And I tend to go with the ones that stick. So I, I do think that it's important to write that down and to get that clarity and let your dreams shift in a way. And the, the great thing about it is you get to decide if the level of that goal that you reach is big enough or if you want to go further. And that's the coolest thing, I think. I love that. I think that's such a good way to kind of, especially like when you're, when I get a big idea, I don't know if you're like this too, you get an idea and you're like, I have to do this thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then you're like, I'm going to add it to the 12 other things that I have to do today. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, and it like causes like a bit of anxiety or you get this stress or this like edginess and you're kind of, so that really is like a good tool just to filter ideas and filter, you know, your dreams can shift and morph. And it it's fun to see over the course of that year, which ones are you pursuing? Which ones stuck? And sometimes they surprise you. You're like, you thought it'd be one. And then it ends up being this kind of little sideline idea that you just sort of jot it down, but it ends up developing. And it's like almost writing it. You can see it mm -hmm. and then you can manifest it. And then it becomes, you know, reality, which I love. Yes. And I think that looking back, Kayla, is the coolest thing, especially when you can look back on a decade worth of dreams and goals mm -hmm. and see where, how far you've come without even realizing it. I think one of the very first exercises that I did was with a coach in Fargo. Um, I can't even remember who it was. We were at some event and she did this group exercise called Be, Do, Have, where you write down who do you want to be, what do you want to have, and what do you want to do? And I wrote that down and then life happened. We were part of the apartment fire in Fargo, the Galleria fire of 2010. Oh, yeah. So we lost everything. And the only journal, like there were only two notebooks that I was able to recover. Both of them are covered in ashes. They're like two or three times thicker than normal because they were wet and they dried all crispy. But one of the ones that I was able to save had this exercise in it. And some of the pages are, you know, water damaged and they're a little bit hard to read, but it was fascinating to look through them, especially last year when I was looking through it again and realize, you know, a lot has happened in the last decade. A lot of adversity that I had to face and overcome happened in the last decade. And I forgot some of the things that I wrote down, but when I went back to read it, I was amazed at how many of the things I wrote down that I wanted to become had happened and how many of the things that I wanted to do had already started to happen on a smaller scale. And I think that's the thing that we forget is that we, we, tend to think that we can do these big giant things in a really short time when actually it's small things consistently that help us get there over time. Oh, that is so, so true. It's like, it's like you're pulling the words from my brain. I love it. It's, it's like, I'm kind of in the same boat right now. just like with the, I'm, I've been running and I'm not a natural runner. I guess I don't know what that really means, but I'm not I mean, three miles and I'm good, or even a mile mm -hmm. here and there. But I've got a girlfriend who is very, she's, uh, she's got a really good drive to her. And I, I feel like her and I get along really, really well in that way. And 
And you were so right. It's about like we've been doing the first couple of weeks was three miles, three times a week. Now it's four miles, three times a week. And our goal is to get up to a 10K. And it's, it's not about getting on the track and running that right now, but that incremental building like yesterday running in the wind, mm-hmm. I felt like belt, built more character than Friday when I had this perfect yes. run that was easy and that was nice and cool out. It's like you build when you're kind of in the trenches or you're building when you, yes. you don't really see it until you look back a couple years later and you're mm-hmm. like, wow, I wish I would have a- appreciated more the time where I was building. Like for me, it's, like the time you're in that kind of adversity or you're kind of in a shift, you're like, feel like you're not there yet, but you're like, but every day is you're there, but you're, mm-hmm. you're just, how do we, have you ever, do you have any techniques or anything, tools that how to access that when you're, how to be present in that moment of like, you're like, oh, I'm not there yet. Like right now I'm at four miles. I'm not at the 6.2 yet. How can I find joy in where I'm at? Mm-hmm. So that question is such a great question. And it fascinates me because when we ask it, we want like this super easy, quick answer, right? Like we want to know right now, what's the recipe so that I can get over the, the, you know, the negative mindset or the, or the tension so that I can get over the tension of where I'm at and where I want to be. And I think more than anything for me, measuring my progress on paper has been one of the greatest ways to do it because it helps me realize, first of all, that I'm capable of more than I thought I was. And I love that you're a runner because I have been a runner as well. I have this goal this year of getting my 5K under 30 minutes after running a half marathon last fall. And realizing that I don't need to keep doing that to my body. Like my body actually doesn't like running that, that far or that long. Mm-hmm. And my chiropractor has even said, you know, I don't think that your body likes running. And usually right around a 5K is good for me. But mm-hmm. um, a funny thing happened when I was running where, I don't know if this happens to you, but especially in a race, maybe not all the time when I'm practicing, but in an actual race, I start to be so inspired by what's happening around me and by how I'm pushing my body that I start to think of all these other things I could possibly do. So I remember running a 5K two years ago here in Mandan on the 4th of July and thinking, I wonder if I could run a a 10K. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting to the 10K and I ran the 10K in Fargo um, must have been October 2018, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember coming around the corner must have been like mile five in Fargo. And I was thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I wonder if I can do a half marathon. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to grab onto those I wonder if moments. Yeah. And then write them down, but also measure your progress. Like for me, I needed a running coach who could help me get there because I never would have pushed myself to run, you know, okay, I ran six, you know, six point, what is, what is a 10 K six point three, six. Yeah. Something like, something yeah, like something that. Like that. Um, so I did that. I never would have naturally 
you know, pushed myself to run seven miles after that or eight miles. Mm -hmm. And the day that I ran 10 miles, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I did it. And then I kind of had some injuries. And so I didn't run another 10 miles until the actual day of the half marathon. And during the half marathon at the 10 mile mark, I was like, okay, from here on out, this is new territory. I've never done this before. So the goal is just to finish. I don't care what my time is. Just mm -hmm. don't faint at the finish line <laughs> because <laughs> you've never done this before. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think one of those tools of, you know, how do you stay present is definitely write down your progress, write mm -hmm. down what you're thankful for. I, I think the art of journaling is one of the most underused tool by the majority of people on the planet mm -hmm. because it seems so simple and it also seems irritating if you're not a writer or somebody who likes to reflect. Mm -hmm. But that is one of the most powerful things that you can do because it helps your eyes see what's in your mind. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so true. I know I'm doing, I'm so much better and focused and just a better, even better in my head space when I'm, I'm writing, I have a, I have a prayer journal and then I have a, I have a journal that my husband and I write back and forth. Oh, I love that idea. Oh, it's been a, it's a game changer. Like when we're struggling yeah. with communication, which I think every, every couple or any, you know, even any relationship can have, oh. we, sometimes it takes that slow like sitting down to read it. And I love reading his messages. I feel like, like he's a, he's a nice writer and it's just a different mindset. And we put the good, the bad, the ugly in that thing. And it's just a good way. Like you say, your brain reads it differently than if we're, you know, if we're talking at each other and not listening, this is a good way to like, listen. And, um, I just ordered actually the, the ever, ever tied planner. Oh yeah. Yeah. By Ashton. By Ashton. And she'd been on my podcast a couple of weeks back and I'm really excited to get that because it's kind it's a planner, but it kind of functions a little bit like a journal. So mm. I'm excited to explore more of the writing. I, I would highly recommend writing too. And especially mm -hmm. again, finding adversity, anxiety, and stress to write and to like, I pray in my journal and those are things that I feel too have been really beneficial when I'm doing them consistently. Mm -hmm. of course. I think that's the key. <laughs> so many people don't do that. And when, when you're first starting out, like to kind of go back a little deeper to your question of how do you stay present? Mm -hmm. There is this book by, I believe the author is Julia Cameron and it's called the artist's way. And it's one of the books that I started out with, like in my first year of my personal growth journey. Mm -hmm. And it really helped me connect back to my own creativity because I had given up on my creative side to be able to have a regular J-O-B that paid the bills, but it didn't mm -hmm. fulfill me. Mm -hmm. And I was just unhappy. I was unfulfilled. I was not living into my purpose. There was no creativity, like my form of creativity back then, and this was just over a decade ago, was to organize binders. Useful, mm -hmm. but not really fulfilling of my creativity. So in the artist's way, she has this exercise called morning pages. And the whole idea is to take like probably an eight, eight and a half by 10, just a bigger notebook 
and do two pages at least front and back of a brain dump. Like you just get rid of everything in your mind that you're thinking of, all your worries, all the what ifs, all the random thoughts, doesn't matter. It's just you fill that whole front and back page. Setting a timer probably helps five or 10 minutes mm -hmm. and get it all out on paper. And what that does is it helps you feel like you did something with those thoughts. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. now you have the ability to focus better and be more present in the moment because you're not weighed down by all those useful thoughts or useless thoughts, I should say. That is such a good way to do it. Cause like, I feel like that is a lot of my day. A lot of energy gets put into these thoughts of like anxious thoughts. Usually mm -hmm. they're, they're useless thoughts. There's they're negative. A lot of times I blow them out of proportion mm -hmm. or I'm like, it's a what if thought. And it, it's interesting how, you know, it's a lot of times just getting those, like I, I do that. I've, I've, I've occasionally kept a journal by my bed. If I'm kind of struggling mm -hmm. with sleep because it's usually at 3 a.m. when you wake up, it's those flood of those thoughts and you're like, oh, yeah. I don't want to get this or that or what am I going to do with this? Oh, the car needs a new tire. You mm -hmm. know, those kind of thoughts. But if you, like, I'll, I'll sometimes just get up and just write everything down so then I can go back to sleep. <laughs> yep. And, yeah. and the point of that is not only to get it out, but to train yourself not to judge your mm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that can be very, very challenging. And when I'm coaching people and I give them this homework assignment, I often hear, oh, but what if somebody finds it? Okay, well, you're going to have to like let go of that outcome yeah. because these are just, everybody has these type of thoughts. All of us have them. We mm -hmm. have to get rid of them. If you need to pull them out and burn them, fine. Like you're not actually supposed to go back and read them. It's just a brain dump. Mm-hmm. That's such a great idea. I need to do, you know, integrate more of that into my life. And I feel like it helps too with communication. Like if I can get that, a lot of those thoughts like cause a little chip on the shoulder or they'll cause a mm -hmm. little like that edginess and like maybe a fight is avoidable or a confrontation. Like if you're mentally clear of those pre pre thought thoughts or those like pre thought ideas that are not often very true anyway if you're kind of get those out of the way you can focus on like productivity or realities of things or have a better conversation with someone or just by just by doing a, a, that simple thing it's all about that it's like that kiss motto you yep know, keep it simple and i just i just love that and i feel i often forget if i'm especially overwhelmed working on a million projects I forget about those little things. So is there any tips or tricks like besides reaching burnout? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is there any way to keep those at the forefront of our mind or like create a healthy habit? Mm -hmm. Do you have any so, thoughts? So first of all, you're not alone in that. Like I have noticed the more overwhelmed I get, the and the more stretched thin I get or the more alone I am like maybe mm -hmm. I am interacting with people online but maybe my husband is gone for a few days and I haven't actually been in the same physical space as another human being especially mm -hmm. during you know quarantine this year mm -hmm. um I I find that that is when I really need to use that tool mm -hmm. and when I avoid it the most because 
for some reason, it's like, we think it's going to be so uncomfortable, but it's like, I can breathe again mm-hmm. when I finally do it. Mm-hmm. So we all have those moments where we avoid it because we know it's good for us, but yeah. we're also scared or just, or we're just sidetracked. But one of the, the habits that I use for other things, and I've used it in the past for journaling in particular, but I use it daily for something called truth statements. So truth statements are a trademarked coaching concept that we did here at Raymond Team that it's basically the art of taking negative thoughts and turning them into positive thoughts. So it's kind of like affirmations. A lot of times we will um, take them from scripture in the Bible and personalize them. They work whether you have the same faith as I do or not. But the point is to redirect your thoughts from negative to positive. So um, what I do is, and this is something I tell all of our clients to do, whether it's a one-on-one client or a student in our leadership university every month, that you should set a timer on your phone. For me, I have a timer that goes off at 7 a.m. and a timer that goes off at 7 p.m. And it says the same thing. It says, read your true statements out loud. Because part of the truth statement is not just reading it, it's speaking it. And then I also have the truth statement for the month on my phone as a screensaver. And I will speak that out loud. And the days where I follow through with that um, are the days where I have a better focus. I have a more positive self-talk, more positive Mm -hmm. thought process. Mm -hmm. Um, and that works, whether it's a journal exercise, speaking an affirmation or a truth statement or anything that you need to get in the, to the habit of doing. Um, even with, when I started working with a running coach, I would have a reminder on my phone to text Mm -hmm. my coach, the miles that I did that day. And every day I would have to send that to them. So that is one of the ways that we can use technology in a positive way, in a powerful way, really because it, we all have it. So whether it's an iPhone or an Android, you have some sort of a reminder app on your phone and just set it to remind you every day and to never end. That's a great idea. I guess I've never thought of that. You know, we put, I put all my other things in my phone, you know, my meetings, appointments. Why not make a little appointment for ourselves in the, in the morning, in the evening, and just to touch mm-hmm. base and that's a really great, it, again, another simple tool that can be integrated mm-hmm. into, into life. I really, I really enjoy that. And it just kind of makes me think too, you know, kind of touching back on this whole, like we've been very alone lately. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're in it together, but with the current, you know, this being the beginning of like the 2020, which feels like the song that never ends. Yep. <laughs> now that's stuck in everybody's head. I'm not apologizing for that. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I'll be thinking about this later, Kaylin. I'll be like, oh, (laughs) it all lamb chops, right? (laughs) Yep. So it's something, there's a sense of isolation and loneliness and a sense of being trapped because we aren't allowed out. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, that feeling can be felt differently by everybody, but we all are feeling this sense of like, oh, I want to just run, do this thing, but there's a lot of extra steps that we have to take precautionary or, or even just the fear of like, if you see a message online that isn't resonating, do you have any 
thoughts on that, on just like current events and navigating the, the stresses that we're feeling and how we can maybe use some of the tools that you, you know, give to your clients, but direct it towards this very specific, very relevant um, situation that we're all kind of dealing with in our own ways. Mm -hmm. So one of the tools that we offer, you mentioned at the beginning um, how we have the Monday night pep talk call. And we're actually taking a break for the summer on that. However, you can still register for it at raymateam.com and get the archives. And we have a couple calls where we talked about you know, what are some ways to set up some healthy boundaries? And so go get the archives, listen to it. If you need something positive, if you need some free coaching from two coaches and leadership mm -hmm. trainers, you can do that. But I think what it really comes down to is realizing, um, well, maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll tell it in the, the sense of what I've learned because this has been, um, a really interesting season for me in, in 2012, I went through a really scary time where I, I literally almost died from cystic fibrosis and mm -hmm. from the choices that I had made of um, walking away from traditional medicine and seeking a more holistic faith-based answer. And it didn't end up well. Mm -hmm. um, I almost died and it was a very lonely time. It was the time where I was also still going through, you know, overcoming PTSD and anxiety from our apartment fire. And mm -hmm. that's when depression and all of that just came in like a flood and it, it really knocked me off course. Mm -hmm. And I had a really strong support system in my husband and my two best friends. And, um, that has, has been a, a strong thing throughout the last several years. Mm -hmm. But what I realized is when this pandemic happened at first, I, I rose up as a leader to help rally the troops and help everybody else be okay with things because I'm used to the idea of social distancing at times because of the fact that when you have cystic fibrosis, first of all, we can't, like other CF patients, we can't be in the same room together. Or if we are, we have to make sure that we're six feet apart from each other. So mm -hmm. this whole idea of social distancing was not new to me. I've had to practice it. Mm -hmm. Ideally, they want me to practice it always. Um, I practice it, especially when I'm in the hospital for a tune-up. Um, I practice it with other CF patients, depending on how the other person is too. And so um, we take these precautions and I have never had to social distance or quarantine for longer than two or three weeks at a time. So, or even a month at a time. So the first few weeks of this, I was feeling great. Then my husband had to leave for work and travel more to these smaller towns and I was alone a lot. And I had to learn that the people around me were also going through this. So they, they were not able to be there for me like they had been in the past. Yeah. And what I really had to learn is I was having some unrealistic expectations of other people because I forgot that they were also going through this pandemic and, and realizing things, you know, having to figure out how to homeschool children, how to, you know, change around schedules because jobs were being lost or people are working from home now and they weren't used to it. And it was just a lot to take in. Yeah. So I think once I started realizing that I had a moment where I realized that my husband was showing up and encouraging me and checking in on me a lot. 
But all I could focus on was who wasn't doing that for me. Mm-hmm. And when I started realizing that, oh, my focus is off, I need to be thankful that my husband is showing up because not everybody has a spouse that supports them and shows up for them in that way. Mm-hmm. Then things started to shift. And I've really had to face the fact that there are, there are some areas of growth that I thought I had mastered that I need to go back to the drawing board and pick up the basics again because I forgot. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all learning about ourselves in ways that are not always pretty, especially during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But I think we're also learning how to give grace to each other and other people at the same time. At least that's what I'm learning. That's what a lot of my circle and my sphere of influence is learning. And I think when we look at it that way, it becomes easier to to realize that, okay, this isn't just me. It's not a personal thing against me. We are all collectively going through this mm-hmm. together, like you said, even though it feels really lonely. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning that loneliness doesn't have to be a scary, hard thing. It can actually be a moment for me to learn how to show up for myself in new ways. It can be a way for me to grow closer to my creator, mm-hmm. to maybe ask myself some questions about, okay, am I still lined up with my purpose? Have I fallen away from some things because the, the pressures of life have, have taken away my focus? Am I spending too much time scrolling on social media because I'm yearning for connection, but mm-hmm. I'm being sidetracked by drama? Mm-hmm. All of those things I think are happening. And, you know, I think it's, it's good to be aware of what's happening in the world. It's good to be aware of what's happening, not just with the pandemic, but with injustice and all the things that are going on. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to ask ourselves questions about all of that. I also think it's good to realize when we've had enough of, of seeing and hearing the drama and the confusion and we need to set up boundaries. So for me, I have, I've actually snoozed or unfollowed and even deleted some people from my social media because Mm -hmm. I just couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take all of the conspiracy theories. I couldn't take all of the, the drama, all of the anger, all of the feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm an empathetic person. I'm a feeler. So Mm -hmm. I had to get to a point where I protect my mindset in that way because it was slowly driving me crazy. I am right there with you. I am also very empathetic and very, um, I feel what people are feeling very easily. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it hits me walking through the mall and I get this wave and I'm like, whoa, that wasn't me. That must be somebody else. And if it's a strong energy, you know, you can sense that. And there's a lot of that energy coming off of our cell phones right now. And, and I've had to do very similar things and, and very, um, you know, in some cases disconnect and some, it's just to protect myself from becoming a version of myself, which isn't, isn't the best version that isn't a version of me. That is one that I want to feed. It's a mm-hmm. version of me that I want to kind of more focus on the, you know, feeding the good version. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we all have that kind of sense of like we have a good version of ourselves and a bad, not like a very, not like a two personalities, but it's just aspects of our personality Mm -hmm. that we want to feed. Yep. 
And it's, it's very interesting too, cause like I can get so caught up in the very same thing, you know, you get on online and you start, and then I feel right away like, oh, I need to do all the things again. I need to fix X, Y, Z about my perspective, or I need to be pushing more. And, you know, and then, then you get people telling you, oh, you, you should be like doing this or and you're like, I need to do that, yes. But I also need to be able to share the proper type of message. And for some people, it just takes a little bit longer to figure mm-hmm. out where am I at in all of this? How can I, how can I stay true to me and help uplift others as well? Mm-hmm. And I feel like keeping that, keeping your own cup full during mm-hmm. this time is huge because I, I don't want to be given soda pop in people's cups. I want to be given like, protein shakes you know (laughs) well and I think when you have the the influence and the responsibility of creating content of any kind which Mm. let's be honest if we have a social media profile of any kind we have influence over people whether Mm. we're aware of it or not Mm -hmm. those of us who have made it a part of our profession to be in the content building arena we have to think about these things differently because we do have to think, okay, is what I'm putting out in the world lining up with what I want to be known for, what my personal brand is, if you will. We did an entire course um, in our leadership university a month or two ago called Cultivating Your Personal Brand. Mm-hmm. And we made it available for $27 under our masterclass tab on our website because people need to think about this. You're being like employers are looking at you online and deciding if they're going to hire you based on what they see. So you want to be intentional about what you're putting out there. And if you have a passion to speak about an injustice or to speak about a topic that can kind of be a hot button issue, you've got to know how you're like, ask yourself how you're going to handle that when you get a negative comment or a differing opinion. And um, it's fascinating because I've been watching over the last few weeks some well-known coaches and leadership trainers and wellness coaches, um, both statewide and internationally, that have come out with some actions and some some, um, announcements that were shocking to people. And... On the one hand, I've had to really hone in my ability to be a professional Facebook comment reader because you can get really sucked into the drama of what's happening. But I've also been very aware of, okay, how are they handling it? How would I have handled it? What am I really drawn to in this conversation? Because it's really not the drama. It's actually, how would I handle it if it were me? Like if I were the one who either made the mistake or made an announcement in this way that, that evoked so much emotion, strong emotion from my uh, customer base and my audience, how would I handle it? How would I, you know, eat some humble pie if needed? And we have to ask ourselves that when we're content management builders, because it, it comes with the territory. And I also think that there is nothing wrong with taking time to process your emotions. I watched this face, actually it was an Instagram live by Stacy Flowers. Have you ever heard of her? No, but I'm going to have to. Okay. Look her up. She actually has a TED talk. 
she has a TED talk about the five people you need to be happy. And um, it, it's a fascinating TED talk. And Stacy Flowers is this beautiful, wise, uh, intelligent black speaker. And she shares so much in this TED talk. And I saw the TED talk weeks ago after hearing her on my friend's podcast, I was like, I got to listen to this. And um, I watched her Instagram story and she was just talking about the protests and uh, some of the riots and what was happening and how she was handling it. And she said, we need to give each other space to process our emotions privately. Mm -hmm. And it was a very emotional video to watch because it made me realize that some of my own judgments that I didn't necessarily voice on social media, but I definitely thought like, wow, I have some room to grow when it comes to how people are handling what's going on in the world. Because I, I wrote something one day on social media and I erased it and reworded it because I realized that I was about to write something about how if you're not crying about this, then you don't care. And I realized that's silly. There's lots of personalities. Not everybody has an emotional response of tears. Mm -hmm. And I think when emotions are high like this, we expect people to respond or react in the way that we would. And that's not always like rarely does that happen. Mm -hmm. And we need to give people permission and grace to process their emotions, including ourselves. Like we don't have to have an immediate response right away just because it's on social media and people are, you know, watching the comments. Mm -hmm. I completely agree there too. It's, it's, I feel like everybody's kind of navigating at their own pace and I've, you know, I've, I've done a lot of my, my process through it has been a lot of, direct messaging or a lot of one-on-ones like get together for a social distance walk or you know get a coffee and get together go for a walk with just, just anybody friends or mentors or people who I feel maybe would like their voice heard like I, I try to do that and just get one perspective at a time and share with one because like it, it, it's so much of so many opinions online that it sometimes I don't know I'm like well what should I post because it's so many different voices and when I just I get together with those loved ones that are mm -hmm. dear to my heart and I know they're going through things or that really helps me because I feel like you know we to to grow to to feel fulfilled is to be giving and mm -hmm. I'm definitely like a giver I, I love people and I feel like that's been a really positive way for me to give my time, learn, grow, be open. I'm very much on the one-on-one -on -one level. And, um, which is probably why, again, I like to do podcasts with, you know, have a guest and cause so much growth can happen in those times. And I feel like staying growth minded in, in, in times of anxiety, whether it be, you know, current events or whether it be, things from the past or the PTS that comes with, you know, times in our lives, it's, you know, it could be, you know, these things could be even kind of triggering back yeah. to those things as well. And just like checking in with yourself and, and asking yourself, I forget where I heard it the other day, but somebody was saying, ask yourself, how are you? Mm -hmm. Maybe it was you who said that. I don't remember. 
I don't know, but I mean, it could have been um, <laughs> some version of that. I don't know if I said it exactly like that, but it, it is true. You have to be able to ask yourself, like, what am I really feeling? Mm-hmm. Am I even giving myself permission to, to form my own thought or yeah. am I just like being, you know, kind of dragged across the social media comments and the emotional roller coaster because I am being influenced by everybody's thoughts. And for people that aren't feelers, I don't know that they would necessarily understand what it's like to go into a mall and feel those feelings from other people or feel it that way so strongly over a social media message or a post. And it can kind of be a weird thing when you're first learning about it. Mm -hmm. But I'm the same way. I've had to ask myself, you know, um, is this my feeling or is this somebody else's that I am internalizing? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's somebody else's that I'm internalizing, especially when we used to do women's events. We used to do um, an event called Beautiful Wholeness and we would have it once a year and then we did it to like once a quarter. Um, We had a few of them in the Fargo area and there would be times going into that where I would have to really ask myself, okay, am I feeling the way I'm feeling like stressed or overwhelmed or just uncertain? Is that because that's my feeling or is it because I'm reading the surveys that are coming in of what our audience wants and what they need and I'm internalizing it? And I think if you're a coach of any kind or a speaker of any kind, you have to be aware of that because you need to know what your audience is, is facing and what they're expecting so that you can help them but you also need to know where your limits are as far as your, your own emotional and mental health so that you can, can schedule in that time to guard your schedule and have rest and, you know, have the time to think mm-hmm. because that's important too. That is true. Having that, that self time. And, you know, this has been such a great, you know, just like perspective shifting or you know reflective conversation and it's like I feel like that's the the kind of things to to have to continue to have you know have these conversations of growth mindedness with with people you trust people you love people you know you can have an open-minded conversation with and you know and face face the challenging ones as they come but also to know that you know, we kind of going back to it is like we, no matter if it's a pandemic or whatever 2020 has next coming for us, we are in this together. And a lot of times we have a lot of the same thoughts. We're just voicing them in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and finding, having the hard conversations is really good too, mm-hmm. but preparing, being prepared and allowing for time when you need it, and then tackle mm-hmm. those conversations. Um, so this has been huge. But I also think we need to make sure that we give ourselves permission to laugh. Laughter oh, yeah. is so healing. And my my best friend, Rachel, and I, who's also my business partner, we have this joke that I think we saw it on Pinterest years ago, where it was one of those funny memes where it says, we laugh because otherwise we'd have ulcers. And so that's kind of our joke, like, oh, okay, maybe we shouldn't laugh at this because sometimes we can have some dark humor. 
which I don't think is wrong, but you have to know who you can share that with and who you can't. Um, But we are big fans of young adult novels like The Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. And this year just feels like we are in some form of The Hunger Games, especially with the murder hornets. Like, oh, yeah. You just have to laugh at some of these things that are happening because it is like something out of a, a book or a movie. Oh, I know. I'm in a group on Facebook that all we can post, all we no political stuff. It's just funny, funny stuff. And some of the things I get such a kick out of. And it's like one was there was somebody posted like, uh, here comes July. And it's this giant train like flaming up. And it's <laughs> Like, you're up, everybody. Yes. yes. And I think that's one of, like, there have been, I think I posted, um, maybe it was this morning or yesterday on social media about how even though 2020 has been full of a lot of chaos and bad news, there's also been a lot of good things. And, mm-hmm. it, and you have to look for it. I think we have all experienced some form of something good that we maybe hadn't anticipated, but it'll be small. So like for me, it's the amount of time that I've had to spend with my husband. We've gone on so many hiking adventures and biking trips and just had a lot of fun being outdoors. Thankfully, we had a really nice spring so with less snow than normal. So that's one of the good things, but also the fact that people are so funny. Like I, I have really enjoyed seeing people's humor because it's everywhere on social media and even in person. And so you, you have to give yourself the permission to laugh at things because it's, this is a year for the history books that is also from like some sci-fi fiction. Oh, I feel you. It's like, I was saying to my husband, if you took me directly out of like 1998, like year of Jennifer Aniston. Yes. And plot me into today, I would be like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, it, that's a thought. Oh my gosh. How would the 1998 version of me handle the 2020 version? Oh my goodness. And I was only, I was not very old at that time. But if you took me like, I would like, if I was like, my same age I am now and took me out of that era, I would be like, what? I would want to go back really quickly, I think. But but we are in this, you know, the thing about it too, I love that, you know, that laughter element. Like there are, there are some nights where I just, we'll just put on a rom-com and have a glass of wine Mm -hmm. or, you know, just even have a funny, I have a one good girlfriend who she just brings out my humor we and all we, need people like that. We need people like that. And she she just brings it out and we laugh about we were we've been friends for like over 12 years so we laugh about old boyfriends and we laugh about all the things that we're going through together and um yeah that's I think that's a huge element of it you know it's mm-hmm. not it's to take what need, needs to be taken seriously take it seriously but also give yourself that permission that to be a human and have some Mm -hmm. laughter and like Rome wasn't built in a day. 2020 is, I don't know what that's going to be, but, um, well, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely lowering the expectations for the decade. Don't you think like (laughs) on some level, 
I'm just kidding, but also not. So, (laughs) but I love the fact that, you know, I love having friends that you can laugh with through any season. I, I often think, and I think I've even said this to my, my best friends, like, you know, if the apocalypse happened and we were here, you could put us in a box and we would still find joy because if we were together, we would at least be laughing. And I think that's important when you have people in your life like that, because you need to laugh. And I think more than anything, I've realized in the last six months that, wow, laughter is good. You need more of it. It's the only way to really keep your spirits up in the midst of these chaotic things. Oh, that is so, that is so true. And it releases all those good feel, feel good hormones. It releases so many things and, and helps Mm -hmm. stomp anxiety. Like anxiety can't live where laughter is. And that is, that's a, sometimes I even have to fake laugh, but Mm -hmm. it, it, it does release some of the same. But if you fake laugh, do it with like an evil fake laugh. So you feel like you're like, you know, just do it in that way. Like, give it your all if you're faking it. <laughs> oh, that's true. Balls to the wall. <laughs> oh, well, Mandy, this has been an amazing chat. I absolutely love our conversations. I can't wait to actually meet you in person one day. I know it's gonna happen. We don't even live that far away from each other. <laughs> we really don't. But a lot of like, like 2020 happened right after our last conversation. Right. So, but absolutely. it's- it's been so much fun. So I just want to leave the guests with one, you know, one last little bit. First of all, where can people find you? So I can give you some shout outs. So the place to find me that probably has the most updated information is um, our website is raymateam.com. That's R-A-Y-M-A-T-E-A-M.com. And my favorite social media is Instagram. So on Instagram, it's Team or Ms. Mandy B. Anderson. So M.S. Mandy with a Y, B. Anderson with an O-N. I love it. And I'll link you up in the show notes as well. And do you have any last thoughts before heading out for the day? Do you have any last comments? Well, this conversation was not at all what I expected. I knew we would have a good conversation, but I didn't know what direction it would go. And so thank you for being such a wonderful hostess who was able to just draw out such a deep conversation with things that I don't know I've ever had the chance to talk about on somebody else's platform before. So thank you for that. And thank you for having me. Thank you for all that you do. It's an honor to be here. And we'll have to do this again in the future and have you back on my show when I return, whenever that will be. I'm taking a break for a while. So nice. I'd love to whenever you're ready. And like I said, too, we got to get together one of these Yes. One of these days when we're, when we can and, you know, have that glass of wine or coffee or something and, and talk and, um, but yeah, this Absolutely. has been a joy. Thank you so, so much. And thank you guys so much for tuning into the wow factor where we love sharing about how to be well and how to live well. You guys have a great rest of your week. Take care.